them. I mean, what is better than that? You're walking down the street. You you have a hankering for some wine. You you go knock on some window <laughs> thing, and it they was hand fabulous. you wine. I, I mean, was, come on, it was fabulous. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Wandering Works for Us. We are Shelley and Beth, a married couple living in Portugal and traveling the world. These are our stories. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Wandering Works for Us. I'm Shelley. And I'm Beth. And today we're going to wander across Europe to Italy. Florence, to be exact. Florence, Italy. So what, about six weeks ago we took this trip? Yeah. About six weeks. So one of the reasons that we moved to Portugal is that we wanted to move so that we could travel around Europe much easier. Because it's a rough flight when you're having to come from the United States and you've got seven hours of flight time plus any layovers and extra flights and you end up traveling for straight 24 hours and it's just awful (laughs) it's awful (laughs) and then you have jet lag too and then you have jet lag so one of the reasons that we wanted to move to Europe was so that travel would be a whole lot easier but it comes with a different set of circumstances now that we're here in Europe. It does. And it has, I think, taken us by surprise. A bit, yes. Yeah. So we planned this trip and we actually went to Florence, Italy, and we met some friends there. And then while we were at it, we hopped on over to Paris for three days because we had friends staying there for the month of October. I had not been to Paris in five years and I have already been 10 times because I love it so very much. And you would think, and I've always wanted to go to Florence. So you would think that I would have been so excited. I just wouldn't have been able to stand it. So now that we live in Europe, the way that we travel is a little bit different. The anticipation is different. In fact, there's not as much anticipation because you are already here in Europe and you're already seeing these gorgeous castle walls and gorgeous churches and things sort of on the regular and I mean I don't want to sound like we're getting jaded because we're trying really hard not to but trying that hard I mean (laughs) I still say hello to the castle every time we go by it (laughs) you do indeed but it's just different it it's not like it once in a lifetime trip to Florence where we went or a once in a lifetime trip to Paris where we hopped over for three days after that to see some other friends. It's just a different kind of thing. I don't know. How would you describe it? Well, I would say that our journey is much quicker because I'm, you know, thinking practicality. It's a, it's a quicker journey. So we don't have to get up early in the morning and take, you know, a dark car ride into Lisbon or into the airport, wherever we are and get on a plane for seven hours so we're able to jump to where we're going pretty quickly yes other than that I mean each country has its different nuances anyway so when you land you're like oh I'm still in Europe but this is a totally different place which is I'd forgotten I think that aspect so when we landed in Italy I was like oh yeah this is different (laughs) from where we just came from and let's talk about how great it was to go from a EU country to an EU country and it's like we were just flying from North Carolina to Philadelphia or something we didn't have to go through passport control or customs or anything in fact much quicker and easier nobody even really I think the only time they looked at our passport was to make sure it was just us getting on the plane that's right that's right it was it was very efficient compared to how it's been before and so not only are you not tired when you land necessarily but you also don't have that up to you know two hour or three hour in terrible circumstances uh, standing in line and trying to get through you just sort of zip 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 and you're out and we're flying into much smaller airports 
Yes, because mostly we're taking uh, budget airlines. Yes. Which is lovely to be able to do from here. That is really nice. I mean, we kind of get excited when we see flights to, what was it, Bordeaux today for $13? Yes, round trip. Round trip? Round trip. (laughs) Yes, it's a little hard to stay put. It is. (laughs) But we need to just for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I will say also that since you're coming into smaller airports, there's also this, how am I going to get to my next mode of transportation? Because in bigger airports, there's a train, there's always taxis, that sort of thing. And then we're coming into the small little airport. We're like, is there, how do we get to the next mode of transportation? (laughs) Yeah. It was easier than I thought it was going to be. But it's, I mean, the gates are smaller, less walking. Yeah. uh, We highly recommend traveling within Europe. Yes. Once you get here. Yeah. So we flew into Rome and not Florence. And we did that because I'm the one that uh, in the family that generally books all the tickets and finds the Airbnb or hotel and, you know, does all that planning. And when I looked at it, it was significantly less money to fly into Rome and then take a train ride up to Florence. And so I thought, oh, this saves us you know, this will pay for our food while we're gone by doing this. And it was no big deal. We had time. So we did it. In retrospect, we didn't really save that much money. No. First of all, the train that I looked at was the local train. And so the train would have been a three hour trip. Yes. And so that our ticket was to begin with about three times, maybe four, what I thought it was going to be. And, I mean, it was a lovely train ride, and you got to see some of the countryside you hadn't seen. It was. I had already done that train ride before, so, but, I mean, it was still pretty. It was, it's not that it was horrible. It was still pretty, but we had to get a bus from the airport to the train station and wait for the train. Yes. And then take the train into Florence and then figure out where we were going from there. Yeah. So, you know, in retrospect, it probably would have been better just to fly into Florence. I was just trying to pinch pennies. You yeah. Know. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. But, but it, we learned. It all worked out just fine. But our advice to you is, is if you're looking at that, make sure that you were looking at the pricing for the regional trains, not the local trains. Sometimes they, you know, if you're in a different country, the names that come up, you don't automatically know whether it's a regional or a uh, local train. So do a little more research than I did and uh, make sure you know what you're doing. Yep. Once we were in Florence, we arrived at night not close to dinner time. It just gotten dark. Yeah. We had to walk about a mile through Florence to get to our Airbnb. But what a beautiful walk it was. It was not a hardship. Even though I was exhausted and cranky. <laughs> it was beautiful. Plus, Shelly promised me that I could have gelato if we walked. So I got some gelato. Yes. And we found our friends and we had some wine and we had dinner and it was wonderful. And then the next day we hit the ground running. Whew, did we ever. (laughs) (laughs) The first full day we went to the Uffizi, right? Uffizi, yes. Yeah, the Uffizi Gallery, the famous, famous art gallery there where so many incredible works of art are. It was supposedly a lot less crowded because it was October. And it was hot. Yeah. So, but it was hot. I'm not hot, hot. It was hot. But it was very warm. You get to the top floor of the Uffizi with all those people, it's hot. Yeah. And, you know, I kept thinking, oh, heavens, if this isn't crowded, what does crowded look like? But I'm sure it's probably shoulder to shoulder. But the Uffizi is something that had been on my bucket list for a very long time to see some of the really uh, just masterpieces that they have there. So I was thrilled to see those and very grateful that I got to see those. But one of my favorite things was something I didn't anticipate. And that's that on the top floor where you start in the gallery, in the museum, it is this 
very large, is that called a logia? Hmm. I don't even know what a logia is. Okay, it's a, it's a hallway. <laughs> it's basically a hallway that goes around the entire courtyard. So it makes a big rectangle. And when you look out the windows in the middle, you can see grass, except you're up. A floor or two and then off of that hallway on two ends of it are all of these rooms which it used to be a palace so it was bedrooms and other rooms and that's where all the paintings most of the paintings are hanging in this actual I'm gonna call it a gallery because maybe it's called a gallery anyway in that actual area the rectangular part that went around the courtyard the ceilings were incredible, the just masterpieces that had been painted in this palace. And then they had, the museum has hung up a lot of portraits along there of a, many of the Medici family who were in power for a very long time in that town. And then there's a lot of sculpture. There's a lot of bust along the way. And so you can just walk that, and it's really quite beautiful. It is beautiful. What I would note to most people that are going to the Uffizi is the amount of stairs that you have to climb to get to the top <laughs> because it's huge. Yeah. yeah I mean, and was, you're exhausted by the time you get up there. Yeah, it but was it's worth it. It's three flights of stairs, but it's... Oh, I think it was more than that. But it's... this. Remember, the ceilings are like, I don't know. 30 feet high or something so it's three big flights of stairs yeah yeah and there is an elevator if someone has a stroller or cannot climb all of that but we hiked up those stairs and were the better for it I'm sure and I enjoyed seeing all the portraits and I enjoyed seeing a lot of the renaissance art that I'd studied in college and didn't know much about I had my little earphones in and I was listening to Rick Steves in my ears tell me about everything that was going on because the plaques on the wall are not going to tell you anything and unless you're in a tour or you're you know a lot about art you're not going to know exactly what you're looking at yeah I knew more than you did way more and so when I would see an, uh, someone I knew on a piece of signage, you know, I, I knew what it was. When you do a tour like Rick Steves, you learn a lot of the sort of background and things that were going on during that time and those sorts of things. A little bit of it, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'm sure that was good. I did not do it, but... And pointed out certain things in the art that you should look at, the, you know, how it was outlined here or the look on her face or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes was very easy to see because I'm standing in front of it and sometimes not so easy to see because people kept getting in front of me. (laughs) But that's a whole other story. Yeah, (laughs) There were a lot of tour groups in there when we were there. They get a little bit of a pack mentality, I think, and uh, really sort of muscle their way to the front. And sometimes their guides are a little less than courteous, Yeah, I guess. But so the birth of Venus was my favorite and Primavera. That's both Botticelli, I believe. Botticelli and it's that's his spring. Yes, painting. They refer to it as spring. And it, there is a lot of religious art yeah. in the Uffizi. I studied uh, a lot of this in college. I I was close to being an art history minor and there was a lot of art that started to run together for me in with all of the religious art, which may have been the first time this ever happened because I'm usually so interested in every little single thing. But after a while, I kind of got tired of it and <laughs> started skipping through. Yeah, we I think we got through that first main hall that had all the famous things. And then you took the corner, and they had a few more. They had a Michelangelo, they had a Raphael, and maybe something else I don't remember down that second hall. And then we were kind of over it by then, because we had been in there already two hours. Yeah, and we were still on one floor. And we were still on the one floor, and we had the whole portrait gallery to go, which was on another floor. And there was the Caravaggio Uh that you wanted to see. And so we kind of skipped. Two of them, actually, downstairs, we, yes. Do we see both of them? I, yes. I remember the shield with Medusa yeah. on it. And it's the, beautiful. And the young boy is Bacchus. Oh, yes, was by him that's as well. right. The young boy is Bacchus was really cool. 
And so we kind of skipped ahead to see those. And we did see the Rembrandt uh, self-portrait, I think yes. it was. Yep. So we saw the famous stuff like most people mm-hmm. do. And then we just skirt out of there because it was time for a drink. It was indeed. <laughs> and if you're a Harry Potter fan, the portrait gallery is hung sort of waist high to ceiling in, as you would expect, portraits. And it's big rooms of them. It looks a little bit like Hogwarts inside it does. <laughs> it was really it was great. Cool. That part yeah. was cool. It was. I was so tired. <laughs> and when we go back there, I will definitely sort of hit some highlights on the top floor and then go and spend more time in the portrait gallery because there was a lot that we missed. Yes. So one of the things that we really wanted to see while we were in Florence was the David. Yes. Famous, beautiful sculpture that's everywhere. And then in America, it's not because he's nude. (laughs) Or he's covered up. Or he's covered up. Yes. Um, Yeah, and so he's at a place called the Academia Gallery, which, to be perfectly honest, I didn't know a lot about, except that it had the David. When you go and see the David, I think you're very surprised, at least I was, at the size of the David. It was huge, yes. He is very very large. It was I, designed to go on top of the Duomo at one point, wasn't it? I believe that's right. So yes. it had to be big enough that you could see it from the ground and the Duomo is huge, yes. which we'll talk about later, but that's why it was so big. But I don't think we, yeah, we had the concept of how big. It no, was I, did, I did. I had not heard that or read that, or if I had, I'd forgotten it. So sort of the inverse of being happened with me when I saw the Mona Lisa, which is very small, and you don't expect it to be so small. When we saw the David, I was like, wow, he is tall. And it's really cool. We bought our tickets in advance, because you have to anyway. And we had them at night, which was a special event. They usually don't do it at night. Right. For the month of October, at least this year, they are open quite a few nights. That was the only ticket we could get, actually. When I went on to get the tickets, 8.10 or 8.20, whatever our timed entrance was, was what was available that day. So you come in and, of course, go through security and all of that. But you get to walk down this long hallway and you kind of see him at the very end. He's tiny. And as you get closer and closer and closer, he gets bigger and bigger. So it's really a nice buildup <laughs> to get down there. Yeah, the museum did a good job with his with displaying him. Yes. And it is as incredible a masterpiece as you have always heard that it is. It is. It's amazing. There is a reason that it is so famous. And uh, Yes. I mean, I cannot fathom how Michelangelo did that so long ago. Well, and just the marble detail and the marble that went into it, the quantity of marble that went into it. That was a large chunk. Yeah. Anyway, it is well worth doing that. And then there are other pieces of art in the museum, including a whole room of busts, which are actually not the busts. They are the clay models that were done. Plaster models, maybe. Plaster models, I think, of busts. And those were really fascinating to see. They just have them on these shelves and they're just all lined up and there's hundreds of them in this room. And that was really fun to see. Yeah. After that, it was late at night. We were so tired. So we didn't really see much more of the academia. Yeah. We we will definitely go back we went and do to see that David. again. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, if you're planning on going, you have to book your tickets ahead of time. I mean, in the summer, I would say you should book them at least three months ahead of time. Most likely. In the uh, summer and in the fall, they stay very busy. And I'm not sure if they do those nights in October every year, but that was that was nice. It was cooler in there. Yeah, it was. Now, if you can't get to the academia, there are several places you can go and see a replica of the David. Yes, there are. In town. They're smaller. They're smaller. But they're nice. But, they're, but it is a replica. And one of them is the Piazza de Signora. Della. Della Signora. Yeah. I believe. I believe. It's a beautiful plaza. They have many 
statues out there that are replicas of many famous things that you can see. It's quite beautiful. And it's a nice place just to walk around and have some gelato or find a cafe and have a drink. Yeah. It's beautiful. And they have that giant Neptune Yes, fountain. Fountain. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was really pretty. So that's one of the places, you know, if you just want to go hang out. Plus, it was close to Vinia Vecchi. I believe you mean Pont Vecchio Bridge? No, I mean the restaurant Vinia Vecchi. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Yeah, it's close to the restaurant Vinia Vecchi, which is an amazing restaurant, which we might talk about in a few minutes, but they... There were a recommendation on TikTok to go eat there, and you have to book in advance, but the meatballs were amazing. The I, peas were grand. I know those were the best peas. The fried zucchini flowers were awesome. Yes. And I the service was great. recommend going there. Yeah, so it's it's close to that. Yes, so it is. Wandering around, but book a table in advance. Yes. And then the other place that you could see a replica was the Piazza de Michelangelo. Yes up on the other side of the city. And we didn't see this until our last day there where we took a hop on, hop off bus around because there were, we knew there were places that we'd missed and we wanted to see a few things. And so we ventured across the river, which was a totally different vibe than the city. It was, and it was one of my favorite days, actually. I'm so glad we did that. There's a lot of residential on the other side. That is more like very large houses. There were places where famous writers had come to stay or live over there. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very clean. It was very clean. Very compared clean. To yeah, Florence, as opposed yes. to the middle of Florence. Yeah. The Michelangelo Plaza is at the very top of the hill, and the view from there is completely worth going up there and going. Totally worth going. I, I'm i not sure we would have actually made the effort to do that because we were tired that last day. But our friends had left about 1030 in the morning and we still had all day before we flew to Paris that night. And my niece who had, hey Katie. Hi Katie. <laughs> that had stayed the summer, last summer in Florence, asked if we had gone up there to see it. That's right. And at first I said, yes, of course. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No, we hadn't. We need to go see this just yes. to see what it is. And it is. I'm so it, glad we did. It's the best view, uh, in my opinion, is the best view in Florence. It was incredible. And you can see how really big the Duomo is from up there. Yes, you can. You don't. I mean, the you scale, see, big, you can really see but, it. You know, you really see it from there. Yeah. And you've got, you see everything. The the view from the river, the Ponte Vecco, the the Duomo, you see it all from that angle. So you know what you've done for the past five days. (laughs) At least in our case. In our case. But we do recommend going on up there, even though it is a little bit removed from everything else. It's worth going up there. It's a lovely little day trip. And a lot of people were trying to hike up the hill. I would not want to hike up that hill. It's it's pretty but big. We, we, but, we came down it, though. But we hey, walked down it. You know, each to their own. We also, speaking of the Pont Vecchio Bridge, that's the famous bridge that now has jewelry stores all along it. In its uh, original format, it was actually homes and people lived on the bridge. And it was beautiful. It was, it was a beautiful. <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was a beautiful view (laughs) of the river. It was a beautiful view, I should say. It is like, unfortunately, a lot of places that are super famous. It is incredibly touristy. I just. Probably not the best place to buy jewelry because it's going to be top dollar there. Oh, certainly not. But even, even without looking to buy jewelry, just walking across there is just a little underwhelming. I enjoyed it much more viewing it from several blocks down where you could on the river where you could look at it and get a picture of the whole thing. I enjoyed it like that much more than actually walking across it. Yeah, we didn't spend a great deal of time there. Mm-hmm. And it's very yeah, it is very touristy and there's a lot of souvenir shops along the way. So it's a nice walk. You should do that to get the picture. And if you want to spend a great deal of money on jewelry, knock yourself out. Sure. But, you know. Why not? 
So what else did we do, Shelley? Let's see. We did a couple of churches. We should say cathedrals. <laughs> we did a couple of giant churches. Yes. We did a basilica. We did. And a cathedral. We, that is exactly. And on this trip, I learned the difference. Very good. Nice. Do you want to tell our audience? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I just know one's a basilica and the other's a cathedral. <laughs> well, the Duomo, which is a very famous cathedral, we went there and it has, of course, the Brunicelli, Brunicelli stone. And it is oh, magnificent. And the outside, the exterior of the church is a polychromatic sort of repeating pattern kind of design and it's very neo-gothic and I actually it is extraordinary <laughs> yes I actually enjoyed the outside of the church more than the inside except for the dome it was incredible yeah but yeah the exterior makes you think that the inside is going to be this humongous colorful beautiful sanctuary with frescoes and stained glass and it's not it's a little dark in there Mm -hmm. but the outside is just incredible and it's one of the first things that we saw when we were walking to our airbnb and we ran kind of right into it we went right through the square and we're like wow wow look at that yeah and we did not realize how big it was, I don't think, because we'd walked what seemed like three blocks and we're like, we're still at this church. <laughs> yeah. We are yeah. still here. <laughs> yeah. and so it is it is magnificent on the outside and beautiful. And on the inside, it's mediocre, but well, I would I, highly recommend going to see I'm it. I'm not sure it's mediocre with the dome. Mediocre. I mean, the dome <laughs> is incredible. And and this is where we got to go downstairs as well, underneath the main floor. And we saw a lot of the historic ruins, which where the church stands now, of course, it was at least one other church before that, had an iteration before that, if not two, back to Roman times, I think. And they've done a lot of excavating down there, and there's a lot of gorgeous tile floors when Shelley does publish the blog post that goes along with this you'll be able to see pictures of all this stuff and I really enjoyed seeing that it was part of the Santa Raparata Ooh, very good thank you which was a cathedral before and then of course they build cathedrals on top of cathedrals yeah yeah so um the ruins were really great there were some great mosaics in there there were graves from the 1300s yeah we we enjoyed that part a lot and then of course there is the giotto's bell tower that goes along with the duomo our friends were able to get tickets to climb the bell tower hey laura and renee hi laura and renee and they went up to see it it is a I can't remember how many steps. 414 steps. There we go. It is quite the climb, and we decided not to do it, but they said the view was indeed incredible. It is right there adjacent to where you go into the church. You can actually buy a ticket to do both, as well as to visit the baptistry, which is a separate building. I was surprised by that, but adjacent to the church is a separate building that is called the Baptistry of San Giovanni. And that is, as you would expect, where they do the baptisms as well as other things. And it was lovely, too. I would recommend going in there. They, they were doing a lot of restoration work. And so there were some things that we did not get to see when we went. But they did a really good job of putting up graphics so you could get the idea of what it was. But really, I think, you know, the dome... The outside exterior of the Duomo and the baptistry are the things that, oh, and then the, the excavations downstairs are the things that I enjoyed the most. Yeah. I enjoyed the excavations and I enjoyed the outside of it. Yeah. The inside, I mean, it's a vast church mm -hmm. and the dome is beautiful and that's all I have to say. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, and you can also climb up to the dome, which is another 400 and something amount of steps. And then you can go on this interior walkway sort of just below the dome so you can get much closer to it. And then you can go outside and see views of Florence. And for the record, that's 463 steps. Yes, there we go. Now, we couldn't even get a ticket to do that. But if I went back again, I would be tempted to do that just to get up close to yeah. the dome. I think I would do that. Next Not time. even for the view, really, because you can get that other places like the St. Michelangelo Square that we talked about. Not St. The Michelangelo Square that we talked about. But I would probably climb up that next time to get closer to the dome. Okay. The other church that we visited was Santa Croce. Basilica. Basilica. That one's a basilica. The Santa Croce Basilica. And it was actually right down, there was maybe three blocks from where we were staying. It was. In the same neighborhood that Michelangelo grew up in. Oh, very good. Wasn't that cool? Yeah, that was very (laughs) cool. Um, And it was, as far as things to look at and sort of, interesting things was actually i thought more interesting than the duomo on the inside most definitely yeah yeah it houses a lot of tombs for people i know galileo has a tomb there yes rossini was buried there who else was that um machiavelli was buried there michelangelo was buried there I want to say Galileo wasn't at first, but they moved his grave. He was not because he had been shunned by the Catholic Church for all of his discoveries and that kind of thing. thing, But but eventually he he got in there. And then there were a lot more ones that uh, Rossini, the opera composer, was in there. And there were a lot more that they put statues in there to commemorate these people, but they weren't actually buried there. And then there was one for, it wasn't Mother Teresa, who was it? Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale. She's actually buried there. Is she? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm not, sh- I only say that because all the research that I did afterwards for this blog post. Oh, I see. You <laughs> think not? They only mentioned like four people buried there. Oh, like, okay. Well, there we go. Once you enter the church, and we highly recommend that you do a tour, we did the little self-guided handhelds that you can do at the church. And you learn a lot. And you learn a lot. And you get to take it at your own pace because there is a great deal to see. And you don't want to just move like, you know, shuffle along with a group. And we were able, also there were four of us doing it at one time. And we were able to do it at our own pace as the way we wanted to go. Yes. And because there's not only the sanctuary of the church, the large part of the church, but there's also little parts that go back into corners. Side chapels. Side chapels that have beautiful frescoes in them. And you hear the stories of the family that the side chapel was dedicated to and, and all of that. It was, like I said, far more interesting, really, than the Duomo if you like the history and if you do their audio tour that Shelly was just talking about it really gives you a lot of detail and then whose daughters Napoleon Napoleon's daughters are also there oh I didn't I didn't remember that you didn't see that oh yep I I may have seen it there's a side chapel where both of Napoleon's daughters are and that I was very surprised by it I was like whoa Okay, this, but they were in exile, you know. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Since they're in Italy and not France. Right, they were in exile, (laughs) so they they were buried there. And then the Medici's, there is Medici Chapel there. That was beautiful. That's in a separate little section. And the Medici family, they're fascinating in the, this time period of history. If you don't know anything about them, I highly recommend if you're interested reading up on them. They were incredibly wealthy and sponsored artists and did a great deal for the art world. And they also controlled a lot of people. And, you know, there's some nasty side to them too, you know, like usual. 
but they have left a legacy of incredible things in Italy. I had to read up more on them because even though I knew a little bit about them, I was amazed at their influence, I think, on the city. I didn't, I didn't know. So my favorite part of this whole thing was the wine and the food. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we can pretty much say that just about anywhere we go. Just about anywhere I go. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, okay, the wine and the food, right? Yeah, but places that we would recommend you look up if you're going there is Vini E. Vecchi Sapori, right? Madonna ate there. (laughs) She did indeed. (laughs) And it it was really, really good. And I would highly recommend doing that. Any of these places you should make reservations for. La Buschetta, which I had just, I guess that's La Buschetta. Buschetta. Yes, you're right. We're in Italy, so it'd be Buschetta. Uh, So they had just been highly recommended. I found them when I was just sort of scrolling through kind of thing. And I would have, if we had had time, I would have gone and had a second meal there. Yeah, I think we all agreed that we needed to go back. Yeah. And they were also quite entertaining and very friendly and recommended great dishes. We all had something different, but I think we all liked Renee's cheesy dish the most. Oh, that was so good. And he comes out with this wheel of cheese that is just melted with pasta in it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then he it just sort so of beautiful. dug the pasta out of the wheel of cheese with all this melt. I mean, it. Yeah. Oh. And the look on Renee's face while she's eating it, you know, you know it was <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was, that was very, very good. And we would highly recommend that. We also had a sandwich that had been recommended by Renee and Laura's friends at, is this All Antico? I said Al Antico Vignano. I don't know. I'm trying to do Portuguese Vineo, right now. maybe. Uh, again, the link is in the blog. Yeah, link will be in the blog when Shelly publishes it. And they actually have several locations. Yeah, they're all over. I think they're also in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's is interesting. That not crazy. Yeah. But the sandwich, it, you can get lots of different things. And people line up before they even open to get these sandwiches. And you see people standing around on the street because it's just a counter service. And you see people standing everywhere eating these sandwiches. And they were quite good. They were. And we got one on a Monday, and we we didn't have to stand in line. For some reason, they were open. Nobody was standing in line. We're, we kind of scooted in there. And I had no idea what I wanted, but I knew I was going to get some sort of roast beef thing for Beth. And I'm just looking at the guy like, I don't know what to do. And he goes, I make one for you. <laughs> and he did. And it was so good. It was. <laughs> yours Yours was, uh, I mean, mine was incredible, but yours was better. Yeah. It, it was incredible. So if you don't know what you want, just ask the guy to make you one. Yeah. Stay there. We had the Florentine steak. And if you don't know what that is. You should have one anyway. <laughs> you should look it up. Oh my goodness. And definitely have one. It is a it is a steak that is bigger than your head. I think it's a large T-bone. Yes. And we split one and they sell it by the kilogram. And so, kilogram? Yes. Yeah. So it kind of depends how big your steak is as to what they have. And yeah. they they'll bo- say $50 a kilogram or something like that. Yes. And then, you know, you go say, okay, I want one. They're like, are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and we split one. And then his second question was. Well, yeah, he was like, there are two things, ladies. Number one, it is big. We're like, yeah, we've seen it before. We know it's big. Number two, it is rare. We're like, and? <laughs> we were like, why would you have it any other That's way? Perfect. And, and he looked he at like, us. He said, so thank relieved. you. <laughs> he <laughs> said, thank you. I guess he's for the people that like their steak medium well or well or even medium, I guess. They really recommend it rare. And we were happy to have it that way. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. It so was good. W- no question one of the best steaks I've ever had. Yes. And he brings it out on this giant plate and shows it to you before he cooks it. Kind of like they do fish here in Portugal. Here's (laughs) the fish we're going to cook. Here's your piece of meat. And I was like, yeah, it looks good. 
go go yeah. for it here's your half a cow that you've ordered <laughs> and then they bring it out when it's cooked and show it to you again and then he cut it up for us into not bite-sized pieces but he cut More it off. manageable pieces yeah he cut it off the bone you know and then he stood the bone up on the platter and kind of gave it all to us and it was a lovely presentation and we enjoyed every bite that we could possibly cram in we did pretty good we did yeah mm. i want to say we killed it we we did really well and we will have pictures on the blog post so you can see what it looked like yes i think i even have a video of him cutting the thing <laughs> up but the, it was just like so cool the restaurant that we went to was called antica Mesita san nicolo and we'll have a there's uh, a link, link on the blog yeah on the and it's blog across the that. bridge so it is side the river. it was in fact how we really found it is i had promised shelly okay for lunch this was our last day uh, for lunch we will find a florentine steak and so i had gotten on google and you know other things that i use and looked for something that was close to the michelangelo piazza and this was and I quote, close, but what we did is we went down the hill all the way down to the bottom, and it was a lovely walk through different parks and steps and little areas, and it was lovely. And when we got to the bottom, around the corner, this restaurant uh, sat, and we highly recommend going there. It was it was a good one. It was a good one. And we had seen them all over town. Yeah. Totally worth it. It was good. Yes. And there's one other food slash drink thing we wanted to talk about and that is the wine window yes although i did not participate in wine window you didn't feel great i didn't feel great that day at that point but wine windows there are two original ones left in florence that you can go and order wine through and what it was is back in the day it was the person's house or I guess, very large house. And they had these little windows and they made homemade wine and you could go and knock on the little door or window covering and they would open it and hand out wine to you, homemade wine, and you paid them. I mean, what is better than that? You're walking down the street, you you have a hankering for some wine, you, you go knock on some window <laughs> thing and it they was fabulous. hand you wine? I, I mean, it was, come on. It was fabulous. And I'm kind of forgetting a little bit of the history idea. but I think it came about because was it because drinking was um, it was it during the renaissance where they outlawed drinking I think it point? might have been and so this was kind of a secret thing anyway there are two was speakeasy uh, yeah blunt. yeah exactly so there were there's two left and we went to one of them and so you go up and of course there's tourists everywhere so you don't actually knock on the thing but the guy is there, and you could get red wine, white wine, or a limoncello cocktail. I think I got the limoncello cocktail, and Renee got the white or red wine, or maybe the opposite. I can't remember. But it was... Laura and I had Coca-Cola. Yeah. We, we were having a rough evening. You were. You were having kind of a little stomach issue. But Renee and I got it. We have some really cool pictures of the wine window that will be included with the blog that you can see. And it's one of those touristy things, but it was kind of fun to do it and see what it was all about. And, you know. Yeah, I wish I'd felt better so I could have some wine. But Yeah, I mean, I recommend doing it if you have time to do it. One of the last things that we did before we left, and probably my favorite thing, was the wine tour. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Renee had a friend that had recommended this tour to her, and she ran it by us. And I believe we booked it through Get Your Guide. But it was probably one of the best wine tours we've been on. It, it truly was. Yeah. So they picked us up in the morning in a van. It was just the four of us and one other American couple, all Americans. And we drove about an hour out of town. I think so. And went to a village first. Yeah, a place called San Gimignano. That's right. Which is 
it's supposed to be a quaint, beautiful Tuscan little village, medieval, has some history, but it's a lot like a tourist trap. It's beautiful, but it's like a tourist trap. It is beautiful. It's I think a lot of people really enjoy going there because they have really good shopping and they have restaurants, but it looks like Disney World. It's perfect. There's not any, <laughs> there's not any trash anywhere. It's, it's just, it's like people come out and clean it at night while you're in bed or something. And everybody was out opening their shops and things for us to go, you know, buy things and the gelato was there and there were cafes and restaurants but we were there in the morning so we weren't up for eating anything we normally don't shop in two touristy areas so basically we just walked around and took some pretty pictures Mm -hmm. there's an old church there There there's some very tall towers there that people live in there are some residents still what's the deal with the towers well there used to be something like 73 in this little town And the deal was is that whoever built the tallest one was the richest because you could afford it. And so I can't remember. Do you remember how many are left? 14. 14. There you go. There's 14 left. I think some of them are so small in footprint that you literally have one room on each floor. Yeah, that's what it it looks like. And it just keeps going up. And I think they said that the kitchen was on the upper floor so that it was easier to evacuate if it caught on fire. That's exactly right. But could you imagine having to climb all those steps just to get up to the kitchen? No, I would think probably most of them have maybe small elevators or something now. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They didn't let us go in. No, nobody invited <laughs> us into their house. <laughs> so after we just walked around this cute little village, we drove, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes up the road to our first winery. Tenuta Torsiano. Tenuta Torsiano. That's the name and of it. Yeah, it was a beautiful place. And we're greeted by a sweet hostess at the door. And our driver was like, I'll pick you up in an hour. We're like, okay, fine. <laughs> so they lead us down to the tasting room, which is beautiful. And we meet Marco, our host, that says, let's get drunk together. <laughs> Indeed. Tenuto Torsiano is a fairly large uh, vineyard winery. They produce a lot of bottles a year and lots of different types. It's a pretty large area that we were in. They have not only the tasting room, but they do weddings. I bet a wedding there is gorgeous. Oh, I bet it is. We proceeded to have six different wines. Six different. And needless to say, it. we were there for more than an hour. <laughs> Much more. Try wine. And they give you a nice meat and cheese tray to eat with your wine. And yes. Stuff. We got to taste the olive oil, too. Yeah, and not only do they have regular extra virgin olive oil, but they have a truffle olive oil, which was, oh, incredible. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And then they have a spicy olive oil, which I'm not sure I'd ever had one before, but it is really good. Well, we have some now. Yes, we do. Because we ordered a lot of wine and olive oil. <laughs> they very smartly give you the order form right as you're finishing your tasting. <laughs> so you're already a little you know tipsy you're like sure we'll spend some money why yeah. not and then after that one we drove down the road maybe about 30 minutes to a very small vineyard Mauricio Brogiani yeah Mauricio Brogiani and he was so cute he was and by contrast this was a really small vineyard I think he said he had seven hectares he produces much less wine but a really nice variety, and he does a really good Chianti. Oh, he does do a good Chianti. Mm. And so he took us out and showed us his office, which is, you know, the (laughs) vineyard, and walked us through how to make the wine, which is probably good because, you know, we're still reeling on the other wine that we had drunk. Yeah, it was was (laughs) nice to have a little break. (laughs) And then we got to taste, I believe, four or five different wines. And his wife served us some pesto pasta that was just wonderful. And we hung out there for a little while and, of course, ordered more wine because that's what you do. That's what you do. And we got some lovely olive oil lotion. Yes. 
Potty Which, train. I love that stuff. I do too. Nice. Uh, we like these tours. We did one very similar to this in the Duro Valley when we visited Porto for the first time. And I really enjoy, you got a nice tour guide that tells you all about the area and the vineyards that you're going to, and then he kind of drops you off so you don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> yes, you don't have to worry about driving. That's one of the best things. Yeah, and we were kind of lucky, too, because we only had six people in the van. We've done it before with 10, and it can get really crowded, but a group of 10 on a tour is not too bad at all. No. And so each one of our places are very knowledgeable about the wine. We have a good time. So highly recommend. So anyway, I think that's about it. That was what we did on our Italy vacation. <laughs> yes. And it was great. We um, crammed in a lot in five days. We did. We, we did more than we normally would have in five days. Yeah. But, you know, we were with friends who really wanted to do all these things, and we were along for the ride. So, And it was a good time. We it had a was. Great time. And then we hopped over to Paris for two days. We did. Which was quite lovely. And But we didn't do very much because we were there visiting your friends, Mac and Vicky. Hi, Mac and Vicky. Hi, Mac and Vicky. And their friend, Laura. And Hi, Laura. Laura. Hi, Laura. <laughs> and we spent some time with them, and I got to see the Eiffel Tower and the Notre Dame, and that was really nice, too. But we were so tired from the Florence trip that I couldn't get Paris to sink into me. <laughs> yes. Well, we weren't there long enough. We mainly went to see them and for you to just get a little taste of it, because you had never been to Paris, and I have been many times. Many times, yeah. So I just, yeah, I just wanted to see a little bit, see mm -hmm. the big things, and so I did. And that was nice, but it was also nice to come home after that long trip. It was. So, Well, I believe that's about it for this time. I think that's it. And if any of you have any questions, make sure you hit us up on socials. Hit subscribe, hit like, give us a review. Tell your share friends all about us. Yes, share, share, it. share, share. Yes. And don't forget that we do have a blog. And so if you're interested in seeing all the pictures or getting a little bit more information or seeing the links of the places that we were at, that is in the blog. And it is up and running right now. Yes. Yay. Thank so, you, Shelly. So I guess next week we'll talk to you hopefully about some Christmas markets that we have visited or yes. seen in town. And... We'll talk to you then, I guess. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Boa Todd. Boa Todd. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. If you would like to reach out to us or ask questions, you can find us on our social media pages on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can also follow us at our website, www.forus.com. That's www.forus.com. Hope to hear from you soon. Obrigada!